You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. We are all keeping our eyes peeled, looking around the league for that fringe star or all-star talent that the Kings could potentially make a blockbuster trade for this offseason. And of the names that have popped up, one name from Toronto, Pascal Siakam, has pinged the interest of a lot of Kings fans. The question is, though, is Pascal Siakam really available, or are we just hyping ourselves up with the possibility in fairy tale land here in Sacktown. On today's Locked On Kings podcast, the host of the Locked On Raptors podcast, Sean Woodley is going to join me. He is going to share with us how available Pascal Siakam really is, what it would take from Sacramento to get Pascal Siakam. And I'm not going to lie to you, he and I negotiate a trade that has me completely stumped. I don't know if I would pull the trigger on this or not, but I was leaning towards taking the deal. The problem is, it involves a very popular Kings player that I don't think the organization wants to move on from. It's all right here for you on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. I'm very excited for you to hear this conversation with Sean, get a better idea of what's going on with Pascal Siakam in Toronto, and I really, really need your feedback on this trade that we discussed that would bring Pascal Siakam to Sacramento. I want to hear your feedback on it. At Matt George Radio on Twitter, you can tweet me there, DM me there, or you can email me, mgeorgeatsaclocalmedia.com. Would you pull the trigger on this deal or would you absolutely say no? You're going to hear the deal and the negotiations of how we got there right now in my conversation with Locked On Raptors host, Sean Woodley. The Sacramento Kings are on the hunt this offseason to improve their roster. The goal is clear, make the playoffs as early as next season. And if they're going to do that, they're going to need some help. But is that going to come through free agency? Is that going to come through the trade market? Well, the trade market is what we're really interested in today. As Monty McNair has said that he wants to put the Kings in a flexible position to be able to make a move for a potential disgruntled star or fringe star type talent who is looking for a change of scenery or a team is ready to move on from. And there are a couple names floating out there that could potentially be on the block that Sacramento could make a play for. But one of the names that I've heard is Pascal Siakam. And we've heard conversation amongst different circles here in Sacramento that there might be a desire for the Raptors to move on from Siakam and the Kings could potentially have a package or two 
that both sides would be willing to talk about in order to get Pascal Siakam here in Sacramento. Well, here to give us the actual Toronto Raptors perspective is the host of the Locked On Raptors podcast, Sean Woodley, kind enough to join me here on Locked On Kings. And Sean, I don't know if you're here to negotiate a deal with me. I don't know if you're here to break <laughs> my and all Kings fans' hearts. But welcome in, my friend. I hope uh, I hope everything's doing well for you. Yeah, it's going all right, man. It's uh, It was tough seeing Pascal had the shoulder surgery last week, so he's going to be out for five months, maybe missing the start of the season, which is a big bummer. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i excited to talk to you about this because this is not something that I had even had crossed my radar even a little bit until you reached out. So turns out that the way Sacramento thinks is different from the way the rest of the world thinks. Who? what a surprise. <laughs> Didn't expect that. No, truth be told, I understand where these conversations are coming from, of course, from the King's perspective. And in reality, like I said in that intro, we're, we're like in the bushes with binoculars and we're looking at each team and going, who's the star on that team or who's one of their two to three best players and are any of them potentially available? And that's how I think we came to looking at the Raptors. Them ultimately, I think it's fair to say, underperforming this season. The thought process here in Sacramento is that maybe they're looking to change their direction and and start kind of a a rebuild but the concern or the the curiosity here I guess was whether or not that rebuild is actually going to happen and if it is happening is Pascal Siakam a part of that or not can you give us some insight on that yeah I mean the thing is the Raptors are not a team that rebuilds this is a team that won a title because they avoided a rebuild kind of let it ride and, you know, we're relevant, made the playoffs a bunch of years. This is not a team that's afraid to go out in the second round of the postseason because that means they're relevant. It means they have good players on hand. It means, you know, that probably means that the back end of their development sort of machine, which we kind of know to be pretty prolific at this point, is working and that it's churning out like a shadow core while they have good players on hand. And then it's all about kind of waiting for an opportunity to strike to find a superstar. They did so with Kawhi Leonard, obviously, you know, they were lining themselves up this off season to potentially be in the, in the market for Giannis Antetokounmpo had he not signed the Supermax. You know, this is a team that's star hunting more than anything else. And they just, it's not a rebuild fit team. Like they have too many guys who are good on the roster to really justify it. And I think because they won a title just two years ago, you know, I, I don't think like the fan base is necessarily like lusting, you know, oh, you must rebuild to build up the next title championship team. Like, I think people are still pretty OK riding it out here, seeing what they have in their guys and, you know, hopefully coming back next year after a lost season this year where Tampa Bay obviously played a pretty big role. The team lost their three best players to COVID for a whole month and went one in 13 in the month of March after kind of turning things around after their tough start. And I just think it's a much better team than we saw in the regular season. Their numbers kind of suggested they were a lot better. They were around an even point differential team, despite being 12th in the Eastern Conference and not really ever having a sniff at the playoffs after that March uh, sort of free fall. It's just not a team that screams rebuild. And their whole MO is stay relevant, stay good, wait for a chance to strike for a star. And looking at the Kings roster, you know, they have some good players. De'Aaron Fox, I think I would consider a star. I don't think he's going anywhere. And after that, it kind of becomes difficult to envision a match where, you know, the Raptors are kind of getting that start that they want. I think Siakam, if he's going to get traded, if he's not on the next good version of the Raptors, the next great version of the Raptors, it's because he's been traded in a deal for a star. And so I don't think they're going to work backwards and sort of go rebuild mode because they just, they have too many guys under contract. You know, they got OG Ananobi, he's in his prime. 
coming into his prime. That is, he looks fantastic and looks like he's about to take a leap next year. Fred Van Vliet's under contract. He's right in his prime. Siakam lines up with those guys perfectly. And it just is difficult to see me or for me to see them, you know, starting a rebuild out of the position they're in and sort of using the lost season in Tampa where nothing went right. It was a season from hell using that as the impetus to start a rebuild. I just don't really see it. Don't worry, Locked on Kings listeners. I'm not giving up. We are going to still have some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of negotiations and get an idea for what realistic trade packages and unrealistic trade packages would look like for Pascal Siakam in a Kings conversation. But I got to be honest with you, I'm not surprised that this conversation is going in this direction at all. It's good. I'm to get sorry this to be a wet blanket, my dude. <laughs> uh, just give the Kings a little bit of hope. Can we get a little bit of help? See, what we were going to offer is just give Pascal Siakam to Sacramento. We'll give you a, a couple coupons to some really good restaurants in town. Maybe you can have your pick of uh, a couple players here and, and it'll just be all fine and dandy. But no, we'll, we'll get to the actual negotiations here uh, in a little bit. But I did want to ask too about rumblings and rumors and reports of uh, Pascal Siakam not happy, disagreements, disgruntled at times, issues potentially off the floor. How much of that was legitimate? How much of that was just played up in the media? It's always hard to keep a finger on the pulse of that when you're completely out of the market. I know the Kings have been victimized by national media before of making situations, disagreements between players or coaches or front offices make make them look worse than what they actually are. Is that the case with Pascal Siakam in Toronto this season? I really don't make much of it, Matt. I, you know, at the start of the season, he got suspended for walking off the court after uh, getting ejected or getting fouling out with a six foul against the Sixers in an early season game. That was when the Raptors were off to a really rough start and he got suspended for the next game and everything came back and he was just fine and he played really well. Uh, and then, you know, there was another dust up later in the season with him and Nick Nurse. You know, he was unhappy not to be playing in crunch time of a close game, which, hey, uh, if a guy who is a max player like Pascal Siakam is not playing late in the game, I would hope that he's upset about that. Like if he's just like, yeah, you know what? I don't think I can really help the team right now. That's kind of a bigger red flag to me than the guy being upset about not playing. So that's not too much of a concern to me either. You know, I, I think this was just a, a really difficult season for the Raptors all around. Siakam spoke about it. You know, Fred Van Vliet spoke about it, the mental health toll of playing in Tampa Bay. I mean, Siakam didn't even find a regular place to live in Tampa until I believe February or maybe late January. Like they were just kind of living out of a hotel. They were only sort of geared up to go to Tampa two weeks before the season even started, you know, which was kind of a front office bungle that they, you know, kind of copped to and said, yeah, no, we screwed up there. Um, we should have had this planned out long ahead. And I think that was responsible for the two and eight start. It was responsible for a lot of the frustrations. And then Siakam of course got COVID and missed a bunch of time. And it was just a super frustrating season all around for everybody involved. Everyone has spoken on it about how much of a challenge it was. And I would kind of pin any sort of discord within the locker room on that because this has been one of the most harmonious chemistry built teams in the league over the last few years. Like it's just a really close knit group. And, you know, Nick nurse seems to have that room and everyone and the respect of everybody in it. I don't think if this were a season taking place under normal circumstances, that things would have gone off the rails to the point that people were upset. People were getting suspended for having disagreements with the coach and things like that. It was just a miserable nightmare season from top to bottom. And I think that's kind of where I pin the blame for any discord that Siaka might've had. 
It is time for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week Award. And obviously, the Sacramento Kings aren't playing right now. And I'm not going to give this award to a player on a playoff team here on Locked on Kings. So I'm going to do things a little bit differently here throughout the remainder of this offseason. Sometimes I'll give this award to current players based off of their performances off the court or on the court. Sometimes, like today, I'll go into the past and award it to a former Kings player. And today I felt like awarding it to Tyreek Evans going back to his Rookie of the Year season with the Sacramento Kings. Now, Tyrese Halliburton, who's the current Kings rookie or just wrapped up his rookie season, was in the running for the Rookie of the Year race. Tyreek actually won it back in the 2009-2010 season, but I was going through his game log and looking at some of the performances that he had. 32 points in a win against the Utah Jazz just six games into his NBA career. He also had a 29-point performance against Dallas, a 28-point performance against Memphis, another 30-point performance this time against Miami, multiple 28- and 29-point performances, a 34-point performance against Charlotte in a game that he also had seven assists and six rebounds. Rookie Tyreek Evans was a lot of fun to watch. He brought joy, happiness, and enjoyment to every single Kings game, especially after the rough season the year before that the Kings had. Joy, happiness, and enjoyment. It's what we got out of Tyreek's rookie campaign, and it's what we get out of every Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success, and enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Rookie Tyreek Evans is your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. So I'm going to put on my general manager negotiator hat here. In reality, I'm, I'm more of a of the messenger in the middle speaking for Sacramento Kings fans and media members here that might believe that Pascal could be available or, or could try and get Pascal here to Sacramento. And the first thing I'm going to throw at you, the first thing I'm going to put on the table is Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, uh, and this year's draft pick let's say it, it, they stay put with their draft lottery odds and the pick is a the ninth overall pick what is your immediate reaction to that and be completely honest yeah i mean the ninth overall pick is certainly nice i think it's a little bit less urgent because the raptors have a pick that is going to be higher uh, assuming you know the, the the kings don't luck out and move up in the lottery um, and so I don't know if the Raptors are, it'd be nice to have two picks in this good, good draft for sure. But I don't know if that's really moving the needle because they have their own pick and it'd be very high. Uh, and I just, the players coming back, I don't think move the needle at all. I don't think Marvin Bagley, as much as the Raptors have been able to sort of harness guys in the past who maybe haven't really lived up to potential. I just don't think they want to be the team paying him his next contract with just one year to go on his deal. I don't think they want to be in that business at all. And, you know, yes, they've had some issues at the center position, but also, you know, they could use their draft pick on that. They could sign somebody. They could go sign Rashawn Holmes with their cap space if they really wanted to throw it, throw it at Kings fans uh, this offseason. I think that's on the table. Uh, and I, I just don't see Bagley being a guy they're super interested in. And then Heald is, you know, a nice shooter and everything, but they just brought in Gary Trent, who plays the same position. He's going to get paid as a restricted free agent this offseason, almost certainly. And Heald doesn't really offer what the Raptors really need. You know, they need on-ball creation. They need someone who, uh, you know, can kind of play in the backcourt with Fred Van Vliet and take on some of the ball handling burden. And I think Buddy Heald is much more at home as just a catch-and-shoot guy who also is not a very good defender. And the Raptors pride themselves on having good defenders everywhere. And the reason 
things went off the rails for them in, in large part this season, in addition to the Tampa stuff, was they just didn't have the defensive personnel to play Nick Nurse's high-intensity defensive scheme. And I just don't really see Buddy Heald being a guy who fits into that sort of that sort of mold. So for the Raptors to move on from their best player, and that is the thing here, is Pascal Siakam is their best player. I I, I don't say that lightly because Kyle Lowry, I think, has held that that title with you know an iron grip for like seven or eight years, <laughs> basically ever since he arrived. I don't pass that torch along lightly, but Siakam kind of quietly this year, amid all the noise, amid the bad playoff performance in the bubble and all that, was kind of awesome this year and, you know, became a better playmaker and is still like an all world defensive player. And I don't see them moving on from their best player for a sort of a redraft prospect in Marvin Bagley, a two guard who doesn't really fit their, their future mold and, you know, kind of makes too much money considering, you know, Gary Trent Jr. is just going to be a cheaper version of that kind of player. And, you know, uh, the, the first round pick would be nice, certainly, but I just don't really see that moving the needle all that much. Further proof, Locked on Kings listeners, that trading Buddy Heald might be more difficult than actually making the freaking playoffs for this uh, this organization <laughs> based off his, his current situation. So let me change it very slightly. And now this has a lot of hypothetical to it. I'm more just trying to gauge kind of the temperature of this, uh, not necessarily make it an offer here. But let's say the sure. Kings and their pick got lucky and moved into the top four. Of course, if it's number one overall, that has a lot more value than maybe number four overall does. But let's say for the sake, it's right in the middle. Let's say say three, four range, because I think one, two is just being a little too optimistic. So let's say that three, four range where you're you're getting your your pick after Cade is off the board and and whoever else is is taken at number two. And then I guess let's take Buddy Heald out of it and place Harrison Barnes in in Buddy Heald's spot. Does that change anything? I think it's closer for sure, because I think Barnes kind of assumes that power forward role that Siakam would occupy with the Raptors. And if you're getting a potential top four pick and the Raptors pick that, you know, which could on its own be a top four pick as well, then, yeah, maybe you're cooking with something there. If the Raptors kind of view themselves as, you know, maybe they can talk themselves into a sort of expedited rebuild. If they get those two top four or five picks or whatever it might be, and they can parlay that into, you know, a quicker sort of ascent, you know, OG Ananobi is only 23 years old. They got Malachi Flynn, who they just drafted, who's 22, Gary Trent's 22. Maybe they can talk themselves into a younger core. Maybe that sort of sets the stage for a potential Fred Van Vliet trade or something like that as well, if they really wanted to sort of hit the reset button, which again, I don't really see. But yeah, if you're throwing Harrison Barnes, if you're throwing uh, the, the, the first pick there, you know, you could maybe get closer. I I still think it'd be tough. You know, it's, it's so difficult working in hypotheticals. We don't know what the Raptors think of the top four prospects, but um, you know, honestly, I think the Kings would probably be kind of off the mark, honestly, in making that deal. Like just take the top four pick and get the guy who's on a rookie contract, get the guy who has, you know, team control for seven years, as opposed to the guy who only has up to as many, as many as two years, if he takes his player option in the final year and declines it, you know, you could be trading a potential top four pick for Pascal Siakam, which yeah, the Raptors probably would, you know, talk themselves into it, I would guess. But I think maybe the Kings should say, uh, maybe we just hold on to this pick because the grass isn't always greener and we can deal with having Harrison Barnes on our team for a couple more years. Grass hasn't been green in a long time, my man. Grass hasn't been green in a long time. <laughs> if you look at if you look at Doko around the arena, there's no grass. It's just all bark and plants, but it's it's like that for a reason. Well, let me put the ball back in your court. Let me put the ball back in yeah. your court here, and let me say so. I'm I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling you. You're in charge of the Raptors, and I'm saying, hey, we want Pascal Siakam. Name your price. <laughs> what what are you yeah. going for? 
So because the Raptors are a team that are in, you know, kind of a holding pattern, not really looking to rebuild at all, I think it's going to take basically a King's ransom to get Pascal or some sort of superstar trade that he's a part of. Uh, You know, I I just, I think that's going to be the price. I I also don't think they'd be doing themselves any favors dealing Pascal at the, I guess the low, the low part of his value. Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, I think he's a better player now than he was a year ago. I think he's a better player now than he was when like the shutdown happened and he won second team all NBA in 2019, 20. I think he's a more well-rounded basketball player. And, you know, I don't know if the rest of the league really sort of views it that way. So you're probably, you know, talking about a guy who has a higher sort of trade value to attain if he can get back on the floor next year and kind of just play consistently under normal circumstances. I, I think if, that is the case. And it's a King's ransom that it's going to take. I, I think it's Tyrese Halliburton has to be in the deal. I think it's Halliburton. I think it's Barnes and I think it's Delon Wright. You can hang on to the pick. I don't know if they've pushed for the pick. I think if you did a Halliburton uh, Wright and, and, and Barnes as a, as a combo, it would match the salary basically identically. And that would, that'd be done. You know, I, I think obviously there's a lot to consider on the King's side of things there. And Halliburton was a wonderful player this season, you know, finals for rookie of the year and all that. And moving on from him would be difficult, but you gotta, you gotta trade stuff to get stuff. And Pascal Siakam is stuff. He's a second team all NBA guy. He's uh, you know, a defensive player of the year, not defensive player of the year, but all defense candidate, um, you know, basically every single season. And, you know, there's still a lot of runway there. I, uh, I think that's what it's going to take. And I know I could probably, I didn't hear a groan, but I would imagine there's probably one from Kings fans listening that Halliburton's name was brought up but i just think that's the reality when you're making big trades and you're trading for pseudo stars like pascal siakam is you know one of the 25 best players in the world you're not getting that player without giving up something substantial so yeah halliburton barnes and delon wright with a for a reuniting in toronto is is kind of my my base offer there hang on to the pick if you want but that's i think what the uh what the deal would have to be I want to help you make some money, and I'm going to tell you where you can make some extra money on your sports knowledge. I'm talking about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We even have shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network dedicated to helping you make money on Bet Online, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. With baseball season in full swing and the NBA playoffs on right now, you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. Before the next pitch or tip off, head to Bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams battle to the NBA Finals. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes like Fiat and Kia, and models, Pacifica, XT5, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brands that his warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com offers all the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. I know nothing about cars. Absolutely nothing about cars. But when I know what part I need, I go to RockAuto.com. It's in my basket and on its way to my house within hours. It's amazing. Plus, it saves me a ton of money. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com You might not have heard a groan, but you may have heard a deep breath on my end because I'm really thinking about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really thinking about it than if I'm in the King situation because what I have to figure out is I have to put my, myself into the mindset of Monty McNair and the King's front office and how much pressure is on them. We know pressure is on Luke Walton and, and the Kings overall uh, to, to make the playoffs this upcoming year or, or Luke Walton's probably not coming back as the King's head coach. But in terms of mm-hmm. Monty McNair, who's entering his second year as the general manager, this is his first full offseason as the Kings general manager, how much pressure is on him? And if the pressure is on him, it's coming from ownership who knows that they would be in charge or responsible for the majority of this playoff drought that would then break the uh, the NBA record uh, of, mm-hmm. of 16 straight seasons. So if the Kings are desperate, they might consider that move. And I'm also asking myself too, and and Sean, I'd love your insight on this, even if you don't follow the Kings nearly as closely as I do. Sure. Looking at the Sacramento Kings roster and their situation, the upside of Tyrese Halliburton, of course, can't be ignored. And the Kings are very hopeful that De'Aaron and Tyrese can be that multiple ball handler star backcourt of the future. And I think it definitely has that potential. But at the same time too, if you were to ask me, are the Kings a better team with, De'Aaron Fox and Pascal Siakam as their one and two, whatever order that you want to put them in, instead of De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton with Tyrese going into his second year, I would say absolutely the Kings are a better team or at least have a, a better core in the in the short term. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Pascal Siakam's really good. And the pairing with De'Aaron Fox is particularly intriguing considering like those are maybe on the short list for being the fastest players at their own positions in the NBA and Siakam. I'm actually just working on a piece right now about Siakam and his sort of season and the development he had. Um, and a thing that he's always been really good at, and it was not really present this year because the Raptors kind of had a revolving door of who was available at point guard and stuff like that. But as a pick and roll partner, either as a guy who's screening for the guard or having a guard screen for him, Pascal is incredible. I, I mean, it was basically that sort of, it was like a Lowry Siakam pet action. Just those two kind of run and pick and roll for each other in whatever order in the 2019, 20 season where the Raptors were, I believe the second best team in the league record wise without Kawhi Leonard, it was those two running pick and roll together that powered what was the second best crunch time net rating in the NBA and was just sort of like a guaranteed bucket every single time down. So I could see Siakam Fox being a really, really delightful pairing to watch. And you you pair that with the shooting of Buddy Heald. You pair that if you can bring back Rashawn Holmes. Like, you know, obviously there's like a hole on the wing a little bit, but I I think that would be a pretty nice combination for sure. And if you can go up and draft you a Moses Moody or some other wing prospect from the draft to fill in that wing spot, then maybe you're laughing. You know, I, I think. You know, talking about again, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Pascal's getting dealt, and I don't know if the Kings would even offer Tyrese Halliburton in a trade, considering, mm-hmm. like you said, all the different you know organizational pressures that are going on there. And you know, Halliburton's one of the nice things that's happened in the last sixteen years. <laughs> I would say though that yeah, the, the the pairing of Fox and Siakam is pretty interesting to me. And then on the other side, you know, the Raptors could kind of again do their thing where they're good. They could roll it like a a Fred Tyrese Halliburton, OG Ananobi 
Harrison Barnes insert center here lineup going into next season and, you know, still convince themselves they can be pretty good. Maybe not quite as good, but still pretty good with a lot of it room to grow and, and sort of upside in the form of Halliburton and the rest. So yeah, it's uh it's an interesting one. And I'm glad to hear that it's not like totally out of left field or crazy when I, when I submitted it to you, because I thought I was going to get laughed out of the room. Oh, it might be to some people truthfully. It's, so say the, say the package one more time. Like this is the offer that the Toronto Raptors make or the counter that the Toronto Raptors make to the, the Sacramento. Kings say each piece of that deal one more time for me yeah it's Harrison Barnes it's uh, Tyrese Halliburton it's DeLon Wright uh you know no picks just those three players for Pascal Siakam maybe the Raptors ask for a pick I I don't know it's tough to say I don't know really how picks get it thrown sometimes picks get thrown into deals where the other team should have gotten the pick and it's just very confusing yeah I don't really know how it works I'm not a GM but um you know Halliburton Wright Barnes is the framework there I think that could maybe convince the Raptors that, you know, with enough guys coming back to sort of fill out what was a pretty shallow roster last season, you get the PR boost to bringing back the lawn, right. Who was a fan favorite when he was here in Toronto. Uh, and you get Harrison Barnes who, you know, the Raptors really wanted to draft in 20, uh, 2012 or whatever that was, uh, you know, there's, there's that sort of symmetry and, and nice uh, close circle there as well. So that's, uh, that's the framework I think that I would have to start with. All right. So let's say for the sake of this conversation, this exercise between Locked on Kings and locked on Raptors, that the offer is uh, Pascal Siakam for Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, and DeLon Wright. No picks are being moved in this deal. Truth be told, I'm having a very difficult time with this, Sean. I'm having a normally. I think I, that means it's a good trade. I, I think it does. <laughs> I think it, and I think I'm leaning more towards I would pull the trigger from the Sacramento perspective. But I think part of me is expecting to get crucified uh, on on Kings Twitter or just by Locked On Kings listeners for saying yes to that <laughs> with the upside of Tyrese Halliburton. So I think what I want to do here is Locked On Kings listeners, if you have thoughts on this trade, if you'd pull the trigger on this or not, let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter. You can also let Sean Woodley know on Twitter. It's at Woodley Sean, W-O-O-D-L-E-Y-S-E-A-N. And Sean, I think what we need to do is, I did this a couple times around the trade deadline. I think we need to put out a graphic. Not that it necessarily the trade's been agreed to, but this trade is on the table. And we need to sure. have locked on uh, the locked on NBA uh, account put together this graphic and, and put it out on social media to see what the responses are on both sides. Because I'm really curious about this. Uh, who would like it? Who thinks who's getting the, the 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 good end of the deal? Who's getting absolutely gypped and who's getting robbed? And this would never happen. I want to see the feedback on that because this is really curious and, and really interesting to me. But we'll end with this if if you're okay yeah. with it. I want to get your I guess just your opinion on what potential star value Pascal Siakam has in a non-Kings scenario. So Pascal Siakam is is potentially on the trade block. You said the Raptors are not looking for a, a long-term rebuild. They're looking for a short, short-term re- rebuild. If they're trading a star, they're hoping to get a star back. Give me a name if you can or kind of star caliber player out there that you think Pascal Siakam has equal value or similar value to. Yeah, that's a tricky thing because, you know, he's not really in the same mold as some of the guys who are out there right now. Like Bradley Beal comes to mind as someone who if the Raptors were to pose like a Pascal Siakam plus, you know, this year's first round pick for Bradley Beal, you know, it might work and maybe the Wizards say yes. But the thing is with Siakam is, you know, he's kind of a (laughs) trading him kind of eliminates the wonderful sort of infrastructure the Raptors have to absorb a star into, right? Like 
I really don't know if you can find a better set of two guys to pair with some sort of ball dominant star than Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, considering they can score. They're incredible defenders. They can play the three, the four, the five, whatever you need them to play. They can scale up. You know, OG can play the two. They're so versatile and they can really pair with anybody. But if you're trading Siakam to get a Bradley Beal, a Dame Lillard, that becomes kind of tricky. My like white whale scenario is the wolves kind of implode a little bit here and Carl Anthony Towns wants mm. out. And it's like, you know, you call up and say, all right, here's Siakam. Here's, you know, X number of first round picks, you know, maybe including this year's. I, I don't think the wolves are trading him. It seemed like him and Towns and Edwards were kind of too good down the stretch of the season to you know, move on from that too soon. But maybe a year from now, maybe that's something you can, you can compel them to do. Um, but yeah, that, that's sort of the, the kind of guy that I have in mind. It's Siakam plus other stuff. You know, they have all their first round picks in store. They have Malachi Flynn, who they just drafted. They have Gary Trent Jr., who could be on a pretty movable contract as well. There's lots of different guys who could be an option. You know, there was a talk this earlier this season that, you know, maybe they throw Pascal Siakam in a James Harden package, for example, if that, you know, kind of whets the appetite of the Rockets, obviously never came to fruition. And I don't think ever really was really talked about, but, you know, it was certainly something that a lot of Raptors fans had opinions on. Um, you know, it's that kind of like franchise changer, right? That, that you know, hopefully you can parlay Siakam into somebody who can come in, pair with Van Vliet and Anobi, the rest of the guys you have kind of already in store and be really good right away. But again, it becomes difficult when you're trading for, you know, a guard, for example, like a low defense guard, because Siakam kind of is the reason why it would be such a nice pairing to put a star on this team. It is a pretty difficult conundrum. And this Kings deal, you know, kind of sort of finds the happy medium, like maybe Halliburton becomes a star, maybe not, but maybe he's just like good enough. And maybe OG kind of blossoms into your star. Uh, it's a difficult one for sure, but that's kind of the the thinking when you're thinking about trading Pascal Siakam. Well, mid interview, I just tweeted out that you and I had negotiated a interesting trade proposal uh, and I'm hoping Locked On Kings listeners will see that tweet and come here to the show to to listen to want to give their feedback. I look forward to when we get that graphic made, hearing the feedback on both sides and hearing, even hearing the non-Toronto or Sacramento perspective on a deal like this. Sean, this could not have gone better for me. I know you might have crushed some of the hopes and dreams of some Kings fans and Locked On Kings listeners, but at the same time, too, you gave us something really to chew on and, and think about, and I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing the responses of this. And, of course, if anything goes down between the Kings and Raptors this offseason. We'll have to do this again. For sure, man. I I have uh, fond memories of Raptors trades with the Sacramento Kings, so uh, (laughs) keep them coming, I guess. (laughs) Bring more Patrick Patterson and Grievous Vasquez into my life or something like that. Is that the joke I'm supposed to make? I can't. (laughs) Well, we thank you for Rudy Gay. We had a fun couple of years of the team being a lot worse than what they should have been. It's crazy to think. I don't know, Sean, if you realize this. The Kings at one point in time had uh, Rudy Gay... DeMarcus Cousins and Isaiah Thomas all on their roster, all averaging 20 points per game, and they were one of the worst teams in the league. That's wild. It is so intensely bizarre. I love it so much. I don't it's know. so Kings. How it's, can that happen? Beautiful. How I love can the that Kings. happen? It's nuts. I, well, <laughs> we'll trade teams for a little while, and you'll see how much you love the Kings. But no, I appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much for coming on Locked On Kings. I appreciate uh, you being willing to, to do fun hypothetical negotiations like this, and I look forward to chatting you again really, really soon. Of course, man. Take it easy. Big thank you again to Locked On Raptors host Sean Woodley for coming here on Locked On Kings. And even an hour after recording that interview, I still have no idea if I would take that deal, sending Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, and Alon Wright to Toronto for Pascal Siakam. But I'm still leaning towards saying yes. Am I crazy for that, or am I on the right track? 
Let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. I want to hear your feedback on this trade, whether or not you think it's a good deal and if you would take it or not. Also, let me know, does that solve the Kings problem and get them in the playoffs? Does that move get them closer to being in the playoffs or are they better off sticking with Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes with De'Aaron Fox here in Sacktown? At Matt George Radio on Twitter, email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. I appreciate you joining me. Can't wait to have you back for the next one. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.